0: Welcome to A Transforming Word with Pastor Bill Buffington. This program is a ministry of Calvary Chapel, Inglewood. Today on A Transforming Word.
1: There's something unrestrained about saying out loud or screaming or singing out loud, you know, saying to the Lord out loud, congregation, Lord, this is who you are. This is what you've done. I'm not ashamed to sing it. I can lift up my hands and thank you for it, you know, in front of other people. I mean this with all my heart. There's something about that, that it pleases the Lord. He enjoys that. And again, as you look throughout scripture, whenever there would be people that would worship Jesus, he would never stop. He never paused someone that worshiped.
0: Some of us are born with beautiful voices and some of us just don't have the same gifting. Singing aloud for others to hear can be daunting. And even if they have the pipes, we still choose to keep our mouth shut. Today, Pastor Bill wants you to know that God loves it when his children sing his praises. It doesn't matter what your singing voice sounds like or if you have stage fright. God wants to hear you praise his name for all to hear. Don't shy away from lifting up his praises and giving him glory through your singing. Now here's Pastor Bill in the book of Judges chapter five as he begins his message, the song of Deborah.
1: As we're going through Judges, the children of Israel were again being oppressed. And uh, if you guys remember, there was a, a man, uh, Barak, who got it spoken to, that he was to go and fight. But uh, Barak didn't, he didn't step up like he should have. And so um, Deborah stepped up. You know, Deborah was a prophetess in Israel. And uh, we talked all about that, just the role that she played as a lady. And um, Barak, if you guys remember, the the, I said it was one of the saddest statement for a man in scripture he said you know if you go i'll go you know and she said well i'll go with you no problem since deborah was about that life um she said but there'll be no glory for you in this and you know i think most would read that and think so deborah's going to be the one to do it but it was end up being a lady named jl and in her tent when the enemy came through her tent sisera uh she lured him into the tent he asked for water she gave him warm milk put a blanket over him, put him to sleep, took a tent peg and right through his head. And so as we come to today, the song of Deborah, this is her song of rejoicing over what the Lord has done. So I wanted to say a few things about music, first of all. Um, everybody here I know listens to music. We listen to different kinds of music. You know, some may have to do with the area you came from, so forth and so on. And I'm not, the goal of my study is not to tell you what kind of music to listen to, but I want to give you some insight unto music. Music is a message Put to song every song every anybody that writes songs now i'm not talking about jazz or just instrumental orchestra type stuff but i'm saying when a person says I'm, I'm writing songs i'm making music it's a message and it's put to music now what music does it it makes the message sometimes palatable it makes the message easier to memorize and so you can put certain things to song and it gets locked in i, I remember you know if i said that the best part of waking up is as we know that, you know that you teach your kids the ABCs by a song. For y'all that are struggling to learn your Bible books in order, um, I, when, my, when my kids were little, I did it with a song. We, I got a little, I got. If you want it, I'll send it to you by email. It's a, uh, it's a little bit reggae, ish you know, right on through the books of the Bible, and you memorize all them books or whatever. So, um, here's the deal. I would just say this to us right up front, right? Be careful that you aren't listening to music that's sending a conflicting message, a message that conflicts with the message that the Lord has spoken and speaking to your heart. So, um, be careful. You know, music is powerful. It's enjoyable. It's a blessing. God loves it. You know, music was initially, you know, it was, it was created to honor and glorify God. So music in its purest sense will be a, it will be worshipful. It will be, it will be unto the Lord. It will be for his glory. Um, and so I just would, I was meditating on that all, uh, you know, the last couple of days, just looking at, you know, songs and uh, be careful. Be careful what you're sowing into your heart and mind. And uh, even as I'm, I'm you know, I'm, I got songs, I listen to certain stuff in my car and, and then it'll impact your spirit. You know, if you're listening to worship, you're going to be in a worshipful mood. If I'm in the car listening to worship, I typically walk in the house singing worship. You know, if I got, I got my Christian rap, you know, by listening to that, it's, it's just, I walk in, I'm still, you know, it's, it's, it's edifying though. You know, it's just, I, I enjoy that, right? Uh, my wife and I are going to celebrate our anniversary. So we're, we're, she told me, put some songs together. So I was pulling out my, these are songs, I haven't, I haven't really had them out in a while, but I was pulling some of my, my Luther and my, some of my other songs like that. And I thought, this wouldn't be good for a single brother to be, you know, rolling up in the car or something, about. it wouldn't be a good meditation. But for, for a married man, all right. So be be uh, be mindful of that. And, uh, you know, if you're one here and you would say, you know what, I, I listen to some stuff that's it com- that message conflicts with the message of Scripture, the message of the Lord. Um, I encourage you as you grow in the Lord that you lay that aside, that, that those will be some of the things that you lay aside, that that God will have fuller access, fuller dominion over your mind, your heart, your spirit, everything. So moving on. Uh, Judges chapter five, verse one, it says, then Deborah and Barak, the son of Ab- Abinoam, sang on that day, saying, "And so on the same day that this event took place, this must have been written. It had to be written because it's written for us here, you know. So rather, she just freestyled it, and somebody wrote it for her, or she wrote it and sang it. We don't know, but it was it, it was the same day. And so, um, one thing I would just put forth that um, she's singing this song in response to what God has done. It's it's a it's an, it's a it's a response of her heart. It's the overflow of her heart to the Lord for what He's done. Worship shows that we know. That it wasn't us, but it was the Lord. You know, when we when we stop and we worship the Lord, we're, it's an acknowledgement that, God, I know that the things that we're singing to you about, the things that we're honoring you for, you did it. We're honoring you for it. We're singing your praises. I know I didn't do this, you know. Now, Deborah did her part. Deborah did say, get up, let's go, Barack, roll. I'm going with you, you know. She had a part to play, but she knows that God did the work, and she's honoring him in song. Worship shows our appreciation and our thanks to the Lord. It's, it's one of the ways Prescribed by God and accepted by the Lord for us to express our thanks and our our praise to him You guys remember the ten lepers in Luke's gospel that were healed Jesus healed ten lepers and one of them came back to thank God and you know Jesus said We're at a nine He had an expectation that after what I did I I expected all y'all to come back and tell me thank you, you know But the one that came back fell down on the floor and he honored God he worshiped him with a loud voice No shame and Jesus said, you know, I he received that worship, but he was expecting nine more to be following. So know that he expects you and me to be thankful for all that he's done for us. Amen. Amen. He's done something far greater for you and me than heal us of leprosy. We're going to heaven. And so uh, our, our, a bigger issue has been been taken care of. Um, worship is a it's, it's a it's the reasonable response to God's great work and deliverance in our lives. And so um, and lastly, it, it like it does here, it can flow straight from our heart. So, um, you may you know, we may sing written songs that other people wrote and we like oh, I love that song. I sing that song in the car or whatever. But you can worship. You can you can sing your own melodies to the Lord. Um, the Bible says that we're to make a joyful noise to the Lord. Um, so in order to worship God, you don't have to have a beautiful voice. You don't have to you know, you don't have to have a, a silky smooth, you know, um, but it, you got worship flows from the heart. And so God says make make unto the make make a joyful noise. He didn't say a skillful noise. A joyful noise. Or I'm Thank you. You know, it's funny with joy. Everybody has every, you know, you take 20 kids. Every kid has a joyful, you know, laugh or joyful. You know, you can, everybody can make a joyful noise. Everybody can't make a skillful noise. So God said, look, this, everybody can do this. Y'all all all can make a joyful noise to me. Amen? Amen. All right. Verse two now it says, when leaders lead in Israel, when the people willingly offer themselves, bless the Lord. And so she's given the context here. She said, look, when leaders lead. Um, Deborah would have been one of the leaders that led. So when leaders are on their job, leading, and it says, and when the people willingly offer themselves to the Lord, she says, in that context right there, bless the Lord. That's what the Lord is looking for. You know, some of us here are called to be leaders. We should be leading. Leading is not always fun. It's not always popular, but it's always necessary. In every era of the kingdom of God's work, there's always been someone that God says, I need you to lead right now. I need you to lead this way. No, I need you to lead this thing right here. It's not going to be fun. They're going to make fun of you, but you're gonna, you'll be thankful later. I need you to lead right now. Abram, I need you to lead right now. O- on through history, God would raise up men and women at different eras, at different times. I need you to lead. Um, everybody's not going to be the leader. And so uh, there are times when people weren't called to lead, but they were called to willingly offer themselves. And so for each of us here, we're called to be doing one of those two things. Maybe you are called to lead. and If you are called to lead, then lead. Uh, But maybe not. Maybe you're not leading something, but you're, you're still a part of the work of the Lord. He says when the people willingly offer themselves to the Lord. And I would just say this about even service in the church and everything else. It's so important that service flow out of a willing heart. That people aren't coerced. And we talked about this with regard to giving. It's the same idea with regard to serving that you don't want to bend someone's arm. It's no longer it doesn't please the Lord anymore. But if I, if, I, if, I, if I bend your arm and give you a slick message about, you know, why you need to give more and how you're going to get something if you do and you give more for that reason. That's not how God wants it to be. God wants it to be something out of the overflow of the heart with regard to serving him. Um, we, could, we could make you feel bad. man. You, you've been here this long. You, you know, we, could, we could put the pressure on you and you finally, OK, he's going to keep yelling at me. If I don't go here, OK, I'll help. I feel called now. You know, God says I, I'm looking for someone who's willing. You know, those whose hearts are, are willing to do it. And so um, I would encourage us here that with regard to service, we would check ourselves. You know, do I willingly offer myself? They willingly offer themselves um when you willingly offer yourself it's not necessarily you might not get to do what you wanted to do but you just lord whatever needs to be done um for you guys that know me you know that i'm not very handy at all my wife will tell you um she didn't get a handy man, she got a christian man I'm, I'm handy with my bible but i'm not handy with tools you know and when i was in bible college i wanted to do a mission trip and there was a opportunity to do a mission trip to ensenada but it was a building mission trip. They were building uh rooms at an orphanage, and they were building uh, houses for people in, a, in some other area. And so I'm like, well, I I, I could carry stuff. <laughs> I'm a pretty big, brother. You know what I'm saying? But I really can't build. And I remember they took me. I went on the trip. And uh, and this is this is this is you know it's, I, it's funny now. I laugh about it. Jeff Tusing, they did all the electric tri- electric work. He was on that trip. And the first day out on the field, they put me with Jeff Tusing, who's a Jeff is a jack of all trades master of most of them he could do anything everything just about I'm not kidding another man named Darius who is just as skilled these guys are both builders they build houses and all this kind of stuff and they put me with those two guys and I remember being there and I was watching them do stuff and I'm like all right so the hammer I, I bent hammers all up a wall they one guy came behind me he says um who, who, who did this who, who did I'm like they, I got them in there but some of them bent so I just pull them out and smack them in a little better he said who who did this and uh they didn't have the heart to tell me like man like you don't do this no more they said they they, they I remember them finding other things for me to go do it was a real Christian way to you know put me off and um that, that was a trip where it was made clear that I was going to be a, a pastor. They, what they let me do was do devotions in the morning. They're like, that. you teach devotions. That's that's good for you. You teach the Bible. Leave these tools alone. You're breaking stuff. So, you know, uh, but the thing was, there was a, I was just a willing, like, I'm just here. I'm here to do whatever. I'll figure it out. And as I went, I figured out what I could help with, you know, what I could do and whatnot. So. For all of us here, maybe you don't know where you're called to serve or what you have to do. Um, it starts with a willing heart. God, I'm willing to do whatever. If there's a need, I'll just jump in where the need is and make myself available. And God will, he'll start you there and God will show you what else is there. So, um, so when leaders lead, when the people willingly offer themselves to the Lord, um, I just would exhort you as she, as she opens up, she gets that. She's going to say that one more time in her song. Um, figure out where you stand there. Are you leading and lead? It's not fun. I'm, I'm. I lead. It's not fun. You know, it's sometimes it's, it's not it's it's not glamorous. It's, sometimes it's a bummer to lead, but it's a blessing. It's a blessing on the other end. It's a blessing when you look at why we do it and where we're leading to. And, and 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 there's a fruit later on. But sometimes it's a war. You know, Paul is a great example. Jesus is the best example. These are the best leaders. And it wasn't always fun, but it was so fruitful. You know, we benefited so much that they that they that they led the way for us. And so if you're a leader and it's tough. Um, hang in there. Put on your big boy, your big girl pants. Uh, it's tough, but it's worth it. You won't be sorry later that you that you told the line and you led people the way you were supposed to lead them. And then if you're uh, called a servant, we all are in some way. Uh, make sure that as God's looking down at how you do whatever you do, that it's with a willing heart. God, I'm willing to do this. I, I'm glad to give myself to you in this way. Um, and so moving on, verse three, it says. Hear, O kings, give ear, O princes. I, even I, will sing to the Lord. I will sing praise to the Lord God of Israel. And so here she says, you know, um, she, you know, king, give ear, O princes. And she says, I, even I, one of the books I read said, that might be an indication that you know she's this how they say it's like I even I will sing like like maybe she couldn't even sing like even I just little old me you know untalented as I am or whatever even even I will sing that that maybe that wasn't even her main thing um, and like that's what I was saying earlier that we all can offer up a thanks and a praise to the Lord don't have to be especially gifted or skilled um, to do that so that I will sing praise to the Lord God of Israel and so. With regard to our when we have times to worship and praise here, we sing out to the Lord. There are some people that are uncomfortable singing, you know, like it's an uncomfortable thing. I don't want to sing out. Does God expect that from us? Does God want that from us? Does he desire that from us? Yes, yes, yes. There's an expectation of the Lord that his people would worship. Worship is a lifestyle, but there's a time for congregational praise. There's a time for speaking out thanks to the Lord and singing out our thanks to the Lord. There's something unrestrained about saying out loud or screaming or singing out loud, you know, saying to the Lord out loud, congregation, Lord, this is who you are. This is what you've done. I'm not ashamed to sing it. I can lift up my hands and thank you for it, you know, in front of other people. I mean this with all my heart. There's something about that, that it pleases the Lord. He enjoys that. And again, as you look throughout scripture, whenever there would be people that would worship Jesus, he would never stop. He never paused someone that worshiped. Um, I think of the, the woman who took the, 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 the fragrant oil, which was probably her dowry, which was this was her future. This was her her wedding plans. This was her. This was her life. This was the most valuable thing she had. And she took it and she busted it and she worshiped the Lord with this oil. And she put it on his feet and she wiped her hair on his head and all these different things. And she just poured it out and she worshiped the Lord. It was it was unrestrained. The Lord didn't say, no, 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 that's too much. He just. Yeah. And then, and then, you know, old fake Judas, that, that, that money could have been sold and gave to the poor. He said, man, shut up, Judas. That's, that's my paraphrase. Jesus said, look, what she's done will never be forgotten. It'll be spoken wherever the gospel's preached. What she's done, you know, Then and, and it was prophetic. She's done this for my burial. Those are burial spices and whatnot. But Jesus said her worshiping me like this, it'll never be forgotten. Her sacrificially worshiping me, praising me publicly, like it'll never be forgotten. He didn't stop her. He didn't pause her. He didn't say, no, 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 that's too much. He said, I'll never forget that you did this. The whole world's going to know about it. It's going to be written in Scripture. The Holy Spirit's not going to miss this story. It's going to be there for all to know. And so when we have those times to come together and worship, my encouragement is that you get comfortable um, just giving thanks to the Lord. Get comfortable in a place of, you know, expressing your love, your thanks, your gratitude to the Lord. And I don't think we, if there's a lot of things we could be ashamed of, that shouldn't be something we should be ashamed of. So, you know, I, I know some brothers is real cool and, you know, it's, it's just, you know, um, yeah, I look at King David. You know, I, you know, Clint always calls the little kids on Sunday night, called them the worshiping warriors. You know, David was that guy where it was like, you, you couldn't be, you couldn't be more G'd up than David. You know, Slew Goliath, he didn't, you know, he's a he, is a, he is a warrior, all get out. But that brother had a heart and a heart for the Lord. And he would play that thing and he would worship his God with that thing. And it, it didn't, it wasn't a soft thing. It was David loved the Lord, you know, and he expressed it. It was, it was an unrestrained sort of thing. And so even um, the one story where, you know, they got the ark back and he came back into town and he, he you know, he, he danced in the streets and he danced on out of his clothes and his, you know, now I'm not saying, <laughs> trust me, I'm not encouraging that. <laughs> y'all, can, y'all, we got belts and whatnot. Don't, don't, don't y'all dance about your clothes in here. But, you know, the idea was that it was unrestrained. And when his wife saw him, you know, he came home and she says, was it the king, you know, just in a dancing in the streets like that. And, and she had a hard time with it. He says, I'm gonna be even more unrestrained than this. You think that was crazy? You think I made a fool of myself today? I'm gonna make an even bigger fool of myself. And he didn't, you know, and, and then the Lord, the Lord stamped his approval on it. He, he made her barren. You're gonna be unfruitful for trying to quench worship. And so. Again, this isn't an invitation. We've had people say, "Well, during worship, can we run around and, and woo, you know, do all that?" It's, it's, it's not an invitation to to make yourself the center of the attraction, you know. But it is saying, you know, it's, it's it that was a day of celebration and, and God was being thanked, He was being worshipped. And if you find that, man, I'm 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 hindered in just expressing my love for the Lord, then deal with that. Get unhindered in that. We want to be free in our, our expression of our thanks, our praise, our gratitude to God. Look at verse four. It says, Lord, when you were when you went out from Seir, when you marched from the field of Edom, the earth trembled and the heavens poured. The clouds also poured water. The mountains gushed before the Lord, this Sinai before the Lord God of Israel. Now, what she does here is kind of looks back, you know, when they when they beat Sisera, Sisera had 900 iron chariots and the Lord rained water. He rained down and so that the chariots that normally would have been their 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 military strength. God reigned to where the chariots of iron, you know, they were they were sliding down the hills and they weren't able to get traction. They were they were made rendered useless. God did that. God poured down rain and made their their what, what normally would have been their strength. God made it a weakness. God made them useless and they were defeated. And what she what she does here is points back to another time in history where God did something similar. She's recounting a story that took place in Genesis. sorry, in Deuteronomy 33, verse two when God did a similar thing for Israel in the days of the Exodus. And so we won't go there and read that, but she said, look, God, we're not the first ones you did this for. You have a track record of showing up when your kids are obeying you, when your kids go out to battle, you did it for them. Then as they were coming out, you did it for us. Now, God, this is who you are. You're faithful. And so sometimes as we express our thanks to the Lord, it's a, it's a healthy thing. If you can look back and see when God did it for somebody else, Lord. You or, or maybe you look back and see when God did it for you previously. God, I'm praying this fresh prayer. This is a fresh, new prayer. It's a, it's a, I'm seeking you for this fresh today. But I remember, you know, ten years ago you did the same thing for us. I remember five years ago we were we were in the same position and you came through. Um, recounting, remembering—that's good for your faith. That you recount God's past faithfulness. Look back on what He did when David was getting ready to fight Goliath, and King Saul looked at him and said, "Man." <laughs> they all thought David you about to get ate alive but we so chicken we gonna let you go and um you know Saul said David this guy has been a warrior your lifetime and David said man look here he said when I was watching my dad's sheep you know um I, a bear came out and a lion came out and I slew him with my bare hands and the same God that delivered them into my hands was circum will, will deliver this uncircumcised Philistine into my hands David said so I'm, I'm good what did he do? He, he he drew on God's past faithfulness. I, I've been here before. I've been I've been I've been outmatched before, but the Lord came through. And so this guy, he's nothing. He's nothing. It's not me fighting him. It's God. He's nothing for God. We all know a, a man can't beat a lion. Amen. Y'all know that? Yes. <laughs> I got a few videos of some zoo folk that found that out. You you ain't gonna beat the lion, right? And, you know, you're not going to beat the bear. Right. You're not going to do it. You're going to be we're going to be praying for you and doing a closed casket (laughs) funeral somewhere, you know. But David says, look, when God was with me, it was nothing for the Lord. You know, I didn't do it. God did that. And so David wasn't going to beat Goliath. Little bitty cute kid. He was he wasn't going to beat this big old massive giant with war. But but the Lord was going to beat him through David and show forth his glory and 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 demonstrate to all of israel on that day that my hand is upon this this kid that that is your king i've anointed him he's going to be the one and so um for us you know if we got things that we're going through today it's a really healthy thing to look back um that's why it's also important for those of us that have been through things maybe as you you counsel or you interact with your friends and you hear something share your stories of god's faithfulness you know i get together with other pastors and we're all at different places in, in ministry and what we're going through. And so there'll be times where I'll be, you know, I'm starting to get, you know, i tripping. You know, I'm going through different things. And I'll talk to this pastor and he's like, oh, man, I've been there. Yeah. You know, I, I talked to Pastor Tony and I, I, I probably like him. He's just so straightforward. But I was telling him, man, we're, we have this building and this thing happened. And he's said, oh, man, you know, he said, uh, you know, we're you know, I'm, I'm talking about I'm stressing over thousands or tens of thousands. He's in, he was in a building project. He's dealing with millions and tens of millions. He said, hey, man, he said, he said you know, we've been there before, too, man. He it, it, it almost treats me like, that's, that's cute. I mean, God, God's going, yeah, God got that. Man, ain't nothing, you know. And he, he you know, he does it in the most you know, godly way. He's not making fun of me in any way. But he, he, he's talking to me like, oh, this cute little $1,000 problem. Boy, you ain't got nothing to worry about. You know, go on, go on and say a prayer and go on down the road. Man, you're going to be fine. And he always tells me, you, you call me back and let me know when it works. See, I told you, I told you. He always tells me that, you know. <laughs> I appreciate it, you know, because it's true, you know. Not not once. I've never not been able to call back and say, this is how God did it. And he doesn't he doesn't extend a hand to do anything. He's like, I want you, You God's going to do it. And I want you to come back and tell me how he did it.
0: We're so glad you joined us today on A Transforming Word where Pastor Bill has been working his way through the eventful book of Judges. In this book, you hear about men and women of valor and courage who were willing to risk their lives but put their faith in God to the test. Gideon is just one that comes to mind as he asked God to show him what he should do, and God showed up mightily. God delights in seeing your faith go big. Do you believe God for big things? Or do you sink into believing that it's too difficult for God? God just waiting to see you ask and trust Him for things in faith. Maybe you'll have a faith story that equals some of these people in the book of Judges. A Transforming Word is a ministry out of Calvary Chapel, Inglewood. If you're in the area, we love to see you in person. We have services on Sundays at 9 and 11 a.m and a midweek service on Wednesday evenings at 7 p.m. You can also find us online at calvaryinglewood.org. Once again, that's calvaryinglewood.org. Under the Teaching tab, you'll find links to our messages. While you're at the website, why not download the mobile app? You'll get access to all our messages, so you can have them on the go. If you haven't found what you're looking for on our website, feel free to call us at 310-245-4811. That's 310-245-4811. Our time with you is up for today, but thanks for listening. We look forward to next time as we hear a transforming word.